All right, guys. Thank you for that. We're going to welcome in our next live guest. We've got Joanna Marsh joining us, our real writer, to talk a little bit about everything from earnings to what's going on at Union Pacific. Joanna, thank you for being here. Let's dive right in. We've got some news from UP. We've got a new CEO on the way. We've also got some news about what their labor agreements are looking at costing them. Let's dig right in. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so yesterday, uh, right before uh, Union Pacific announced their second quarter um, earnings results, uh, they had also announced that um, that Jim Vina, who uh, who actually was um, uh, the the chief um, operations uh, guy uh, at Union Pacific um, for a few years, uh, several years prior, and was also um, at CN for uh, for uh, several decades. Um, he, they, Union Pacific selected him um, to be the next CEO. Um, and the other interesting thing about it is that um, uh, so the current CEO is Ant Spritz. <laughs> And he's actually CEO, um, president, and chairman of the board. And what they've done um, with the appointment of Jim Vina, um, they have uh, Jim Vina. I'm sorry. They um, they have him as CEO. They have Beth Whited, who um, who is the executive vice president of sustainability and strategy, um, as the president of Union Pacific. And they have um, Mike McCarthy, who uh, who was uh, who was affiliated with the board um, as the chairman of the board. So um, instead of having uh, those three roles concentrated into one person, you have uh, three people taking on those three roles. Um, so that's what's happening with, and, and uh, their appointments, uh, at least um, Javenna and, um, and, uh, and Beth Whited um, are uh, effective August 14th. And Joanna, we also saw that, of course, there is earnings and reports out like that. So we're looking at Q2. What are some of the findings that we saw from UP? Yeah, sure. So it was interesting because it seemed that a lot of um, the uh, calls by the um, investment firms were, were uh, the questions, I mean, were about um, looking at labor costs, particular, particularly, you know, especially since, um, well, two things really. One is um, you've, you've had all these uh, agreements with the labor unions come in, um, uh, you know, regarding sick leave. Um, some of them also address um, scheduling. So uh, how you uh, can handle, you can, how, how to modify the schedules so that it's uh, you sort of the most win-win, I guess, you could get um, between uh, the railroad and union members. Um, so you have that on the one hand. And on the other hand, you also have sort of a broader question that the other class one railroads have been asked, which is um, how do you handle um, your, your human resources uh, in the midst of a downturn? Because uh, what has happened historically was, you know, when there have when there has been a downturn, um, you would furlough um, uh, uh, people, um, especially you know like those who um, who run the trains or, or or you know provide repair work on the trains, and um, and now the emphasis has been to um, <laughs> they've been strongly encouraged, I guess, by regulators and, and others um, to, uh, to to not furlough anymore, but keep the um you know They're to 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 keep the, the staffing levels that you have but at the same time like if you're if you don't have that that option to furlough anymore um what do you do um and so you have those two questions kind of uh 
giving the context into to why investors are so interested in, in how um, Union Pacific and others um, are, are dealing with their labor costs. And this is really interesting, of course, because we know that the rail the railroads are really fighting to get labor back following the cuts that they had made during COVID. That was a really big sticking point and a point of contention when we were talking about those labor negotiations was the fact that a lot of folks were saying, hey, for the job that you want us to do, for the service level that you want us to provide, we frankly need more people. We're seeing estimates now from UP saying that these added labor costs could be up to $50 million per year when you talk just about sick leave. And is that something that we're seeing the other railroads being willing to front as well? Are some of those estimates kind of in line when we look at the other railroads, CSX, CN, et cetera? Yeah, no, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't remember if the other railroads, um, they, they might have had um, costs associated, um, you know, with the sick leave agreements and, and, and other um, agreements. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I think so far what we've heard from the railroads is that the, their message is that we don't want to be stuck again in that situation, you know, like, like, like last year where, um, where we did furlough people because of the pandemic and, um, and those number and those people didn't come back. And then you had, of course, the demand come back. And then so you didn't have the capacity, the network capacity to meet that demand. And so the message now has been um, we're going to, to to keep the, the staffing levels that we have. We might slow down hiring, perhaps, um, and, you know, and sort of keep an eye on attrition. Um, but uh, we're not the message so far has been, you know, not to furlough with the idea that, yeah, we might bear some brunt of the cost more, um, but you know when 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 things inevitably get better, uh, that uh, you know that we'll be able to um, not only to to meet demand needs, service needs, but also to win more business, which is you know like one of uh, one of CSX's messages lately. So um, so I think the idea um, in theory <laughs> is is you know. Uh, being able to 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 be ready to to meet that uh, that um, that that demand when it comes back, but also um, more more uh, be able to f- fulfill more service, um, uh, you know, in the future. So speaking of our Canadian rail lines, we saw both CN and CSX attribute some of their, I guess, financial hardships this last quarter to kind of a weakness in the Canadian dollar and the weakness in the Canadian economy as a whole. Is that a trend that we can expect to see maybe pick up and maybe see the Canadian economy come back a little stronger through the third quarter? And then how much of that weakness actually truly hurt those two railroads? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Canadian National or CN um, uh, posted their results. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't remember now. I think it was like Tuesday. Um, and then CPKC, uh, you know, the Canadian Pacific Kansas City Southern merged company is going to um, uh, release their results uh, this afternoon. Um, and uh, yeah, they did mention that the weaker Canadian dollar, I, I think, um, you know, regardless of whether you're in Canada or you know, the United States, I think so far um, one of the themes that have come out uh, in the railroads earnings calls um, is you know an anticipated um, continued softness um, in the the back half of 2023 or the last six months of 2023. So um, you know, I and and even though. Um, you know, obviously the, the the two countries are in competition, but at the same time, there is a lot of trade that 
or not trade, but there's a lot of movement that, you know, cross-border movement that happens. And so like for grain, for instance, um, uh, you know, the, the Canadian railways um, do expect to move uh, some amount of U.S. grain. Um, and, you know, and so it's, it's not um, too distinct. Um, areas necessarily, but yeah, I think in general, I think uh, the, the 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 railroads have been talking about sort of a softness um, in in uh, the second half of this year. Second half definitely going to be an intriguing one for sure. Joanna, thanks so much for joining us this morning, and looking forward to your next episode of PSR. When can we expect that to air? Yeah, so um, it airs on Thursdays uh, at three o'clock. And uh, it's uh, myself and Mike Bowden Distel um, talking about rail things. <laughs> so <laughs> people speaking rail. So uh, please uh, check it out. Oh, 3 awesome. p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Perfect. Joanna, thanks so much for joining us. And we'll check in with you then. And we'll, of course, get more updates as this develops. All right. Thanks. Take care. Right now, we're going to head back over to the wall because we have Kaylee Nix with our next hit of weather.